You're listening to SaaS Acquisition Stories, a podcast featuring the stories from both startup founders and buyers who have successfully gone through an acquisition process using MicroAcquire, the number one startup acquisition marketplace in the world. To date, MicroAcquire has helped hundreds of startups get acquired and has facilitated hundreds of millions in closed deal volume. Here's your host, Andrew Gazdecki. All right, I'm here with Brian Castle. I've been super excited for uh, this podcast because I think Brian holds the record for most companies sold on Microquire. So, uh, <laughs> Brian, Brian, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Andrew, I'm, I'm excited to to talk to you. I've been uh, I've been a fan of what you've been doing, and obviously a fan of, of Microquire, especially these last few months. So, uh, yeah, good to connect. I appreciate that. Well, um, to to kick things off, I'm sure everyone's wondering. Um, uh, tell me about, uh, the, the products that, um, you sold and, and how long of, of a timeline was it all at once? Was it over a period of like a year or. Yeah. So, um, I guess sort of like the headline is that I, I did sell or, or let go of five, uh, you can call them businesses. Some of them are just really tiny projects, but some of them are, were actual businesses of mine. I let go of five of those over the last six months, um, and uh, and and so right now I'm focusing on uh, a business that I started about a year year and a half ago called Zip Message, um, and I sort of just like once I started once I sold the biggest one of my businesses, which was called Audience Ops, um, and then I sold a few more. That sort of was like the the momentum to push me into just focus on this one SaaS business zip message now. Um, and that's the focus going forward. But um, audience ops was, was sort of the, the, for, for me, the, the bigger one, because I was, that was a business I was working on for about seven years. Um, and I sold that in uh, September of 2020, 2021. Um, and I did list that on, on micro uh, had a had a good experience there and had a, a really good offer there. But I was also like simultaneously on that one, I was talking to a few other people that I knew um, and I ended up selling it to to someone um, not through MicroAcquire, but that was, but, you know, MicroAcquire definitely played a, a big part of, of how that deal came together. Um, and then, and then the other one that I sold was a SaaS product called Process Kit. Um, uh, put that up on microacquire had, had one offer ended up falling through. And then another one came, came around a couple months later. Um, so that was a really surprisingly fast and, and easy process through, through microacquire, um, two more like tiny ones. Uh, those were, these were both like SAS ideas that, <coughs> excuse me, um, that I started at, at one point or another. And I, I built it, launched it, had a couple of customers, but I didn't really follow through. I was sort of distracted with some of these other things in, in my in my portfolio. So, so these two little ones, one was called Sunrise KPI. It was like a little analytics tool. The other one was called Thready, which was like a Twitter threading app. Um, I, you know, at, I, I had not touched those for like over a year or two on, on each one. And so I was just like, let me just throw these up on, on microwire, just see what happens. And, and I was able to find, you know, two, uh, you know, tiny exits on, on those. Um, and then the last one, the most recent one uh, was a course 
and and community and like content site um, called Productize. I, I've been my previous business was a productized service business. So I built a course and, and a whole community around productized services. Um, but since I'm, I'm more into SaaS now and I'm not as interested in doing the, the whole course content thing anymore, um, I, I ended up selling that one to a friend of mine who, who was a longtime member of, of that community, uh, Sam Shepler. So, um, so, so nice. with, with, that, with that exit, which happened about a month ago, that's it. Like that's, that's all I have left. <laughs> like it's, now it's just zip message and, and some podcast. <laughs> I, I was about to ask, I was like, do you have any more? Like, geez. Um, but I, I, I love how, um, you know, I see, I meet with a lot of founders that just have so many side projects and it's like, just focus on one, maybe, you know, uh, or I mean, a good strategy is, you know, you have all these side projects and then one really starts emerging as, you know, the one that probably has, you know, deserves the majority yeah. of your focus. So that's awesome. You're able to to sell well, all those. Yeah. I mean, I think in my experience, like now, where I am now, I've come to a point where like, I really, it feels good to focus on one thing um, because zip message has more, more like faster traction than other things that I've started, especially in in the SaaS space. So, so that feels good. And and I just really like to focus now. Um, but like, yeah, like I had this whole portfolio of other businesses, but it wasn't like I started them all at the same time. I mean, um, but that productized course business I started back in 2014, the, the audience ops business I started in 2015, um, process kit I started in 2017, I think. Um, and so, you know, a lot of these things were like, I, I worked on them for like a year or two, uh, pretty hard. And then I let them sort of run on autopilot or like in the case of audience ops, I had built up a team on that and it was basically running without me. Um, and the, and the goal there was to have a cash flow business to, to grow and then free up my time to start working on, on SaaS products. Um, but then it took a while of experimenting with several SaaS ideas and also for me to spend that time learning to, you know, upgrading my skills from like front end to be able to build design products full stack. Um, took me a few attempts uh, to sort of get to now, which is like landing on, on zip message, a, a product that seems to be clicking better than, than the previous one. So it, it, it gave me more confidence to finally say like, okay, let me sell off everything else and really just focus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, you got to get it wrong to 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 get it right. Yeah. Um. Uh. What is um. Uh. You said Zipliner, right? What does Zipliner do? Uh. Zip message. <laughs> zip message. Um, sorry. So you're, cool. you're 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 rattling off so many companies. I'm. I know. I'm, I'm merging <laughs> them in my my head. Yeah. Um. Zip message is uh. It's it's a video messaging tool for asynchronous conversations. Uh, with anyone. So you can just send your zip message link to anyone and and now you're in a asynchronous back and forth with that person. So the, the person could be um, a, a customer, a client, a, a remote teammate. Um, uh, e even some of these deals that I was going back and forth during due diligence, we did that over, over zip message, you know, asynchronously. Um, so, you know, it's pretty similar to, to like using Loom, except that the difference is 
Loom is like one way, like you would record a message and send it to someone and then it's basically done. With ZipMessage, you can send a, send a message, the other person can reply back and they don't need to download or install or sign up for anything. They could just record right into their browser. Um, nice. And the other, the other sort of difference is like you get your own zip message link. So, you know, you can get like zipmessage.com slash microacquire. And then that could be the place where people, that's like your inbound in, you know, intake form for, for video messages from other people. So I like oh. to think of it like, um, uh, so if you're doing like a lot of calendar bookings, a lot of meetings, you could start to replace those with async videos, but also like how you would pass around your calendar, your calendar booking link, you could pass around your, your zip message link to have like asynchronous messaging going. I like that. Well, if I see it come through micro choir, I'm going to reject it just so you can stay, fo <laughs> stay focused. On it. It's, no, it, yeah, sounds, it's, it's, it sounds like a good one. Yeah. Um, it's not so for sale. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for, for people listening, um, you know, a lot of founders, you know, as they're, you know, usually, uh, in almost all cases, it's the first business they're selling. Um, what's maybe like the, the top three tips you would give a new, um, founder looking to sell their business, um, on microquire. Yeah. I mean, the first one that I ever sold was back in 2015, um, and I worked with a broker on that to, to sell the business. And um, I mean, overall, that was a pretty good experience, uh, but, it, but it wasn't cheap. <laughs> um, so that was one of the big exciting points for me when, when MicroAcquire came about, it, it was sort of a way to um, access uh, buyers and, and get deals happening with, without, especially at this level, like, you know, um, if you're in like the hundreds of, of thousands of dollars, like that's a really significant broker fee that you would, that you would normally pay to, to a broker. Um, you know, it might make more sense when you're in the upper, upper millions, but like, yeah, at, at this stage that, that was really exciting. But anyway, going back to my first experience selling, it was, um, one of the things that I learned early on with that was, you know, my first time selling, I thought that I had to make the business look perfect. And, and pristine for the buyer. Otherwise, buyers wouldn't be interested in it. And, and that's, that's actually pretty wrong. You know, um, I think the way to think about it is just show your business wart, like warts and all, like all, like it's okay if there are gaps, it's okay if things are not un, you know, under optimized because that's the opportunity that a buyer is looking for. You know, they're, they're looking, if you're a buyer, you're looking to buy a business that you can come in and improve and grow. You know, if you're going to buy a business that's just running perfectly, it's going to be very difficult for that buyer to come in and grow it. So, um, so you know, don't don't feel like like yes, you need to like clean up your books and and have processes that that make it ready to hand off to to a buyer. But you know, I I um, I learned to like not stress over all the things that that are like missing or, or the gaps in, in the business. You know, that helped a lot. Yeah. Sometimes that actually, um, I've, I've heard from a number of buyers is they'll actually look for businesses like, and I, I don't recommend this, but, um, like poor website design, you know, if they're, you know, a, a experienced marketer, they can improve like free trial to, uh, paid conversions or something like that. And that's a huge selling point. 
or maybe you don't have to point it out, but as a buyer, you see that and you're like, if I can just tweak that like 10%, then this business will increase. Um, so I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, in terms of like negotiating with buyers, um, like, again, you're, you're, you're kind of a veteran here. So what, um, what are, what are like some, uh, qualification questions that you usually ask, um, buyers when they are interested in, in buying a business from you? Um, well, I mean, you know, this, this is an area where I think a broker does add value. Um, you know, one in, in the cases where I sold on my own, um, you know, you, you do have to do your own, uh, well, vetting, but also you're just like kind of sifting through some noise of buyers who are just not as serious or they're kicking the tires or they say they're serious, but they're really not. So if you're working with a with a broker, they tend to um, kind of shield you from that and they do a lot of that vetting for you, um, but it, it comes at a cost. So, so there's a trade-off there. Um, um, I like one of the first questions that I, I tend to ask a, a potential buyer if, if they're a stranger to me, I don't know them, um, would be to just ask like, have you per, have you acquired businesses before? Um, not to say I would rule out selling to someone who has never acquired something before, but um, if they have never acquired something before, that that is an indication that they they are not as serious as experienced and serious in this process. As, as others who, who have acquired something before. Um, and if they haven't, then maybe the next question would be like, how many other businesses have you been talking to um, about acquiring and how long have you been looking? You know, um, you know, cause I, the other thing that I've noticed about, again, going through several deals now in, in my career and, and several recently is that like, there's a pretty wide spectrum in terms of how these deals happen. Like, um, uh, like one of them took three months to from from offer to close. Another one took five days from offer to close. You know, like literally, like yeah. Um, and and so like some people are just like kind of kind of crazy and stressful when it comes to due diligence, and others are they just value speed and and no BS. Just let's let's do this. You know, um, and not, and again, like that's not to say like. You should be careless, or you should, or, or you shouldn't overlook things. Obviously, in, in a deal that's any significant dollar amount, like you, you do want to do your due diligence. Um, but different different people are. Um, some people want to play more games than, than others when it comes to contract negotiations, um, and others just want to be more straightforward about it. Uh, and yeah, it's just kind of all over the map. And and so the the more experienced the person is um it's it's a little bit tricky because there, there's it's sort of a two-way street on the one hand it, it, somebody who's more experienced who's done more more acquisitions in the past they know the mechanics they know the process there's you know um, they're, they're going to ask for certain things and then they're going to do due diligence then we get into contract negotiations and, and like a wire transfer or whatever it may be or like they they're not new to this so that makes it easier but then on the flip side they might be more savvy. They might be a little bit more aggressive in, in the tactics that they use. So like, you know, um, they'll, sometimes they'll use time to, um, to sort of grind you down, you know, like drag it on intentionally, uh, because as, as the seller, you know, I know for me, most sellers want to, want to get it done 
faster if possible. Like I'm, I'm on, I'm working on a new business. I don't want to be bogged down with, with selling this one. So yeah. Um, uh, I, sometimes they'll, they'll use that sort of thing against you. They'll use like the, they'll pull at your emotions. Like, you know, um, once you start down the process, it, you're mentally already selling the business, but it's not actually done yet. So there, there's a lot of little, little games that can be played throughout the process. Um, and uh, I've I just, I, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but it's mostly just kind of trusting the gut and getting, getting good advice from, from friends and, and advisors who've, who've been through this sort of thing before that, that helps a lot too. Nice. And I, I, I really like that. And, and really what you're doing is you're, you're, you're making the buyer work to really get through your filter with just these simple questions. Like, have you acquired a business? And if they don't yeah. respond or they do respond, you ask them another question and then they respond or they don't respond. Um, other good questions could be like, how would you, if we get to the finish line, um, how would you finance this? Like just getting those questions kind of up front can be, you know, save both parties a lot of time. Um, yeah, I for guess, sure. I mean, I, I also did want to ask a lot about like, tell me about your current business. Tell you, tell me about your background. Uh, what, what does your current team look like and, and things like that? Just to get a good, good feel for it. Yeah. And then, um, I guess uh, another question I would have is, so you're you're getting ready to you know list on on microquire. Was there any materials that you prepared like in advance or anything you'd recommend sellers kind of think about in advance? Yeah, I did. Um, I did a bunch. So um, you know, I, I had I had sold a business before, like years before. So um, I've been through a due diligence process before, so I knew the kind of work that goes into just preparing for that. So I, I did, a, uh, you know, on, on the larger deals that I, that I did, um, the, a lot of the due diligence work, like getting my books in order, getting, you know, just getting the things that I know that they're probably going to ask for, um, doing a lot of that prep work, even before I listed helped helped a lot so that by the time it got into a deal, um, there was very minimal, you know, time and, and prep work that I had to do. Um, uh, so that, that was one, uh, I did, um, create like a very simple, I guess you can call it like a prospectus. It's like a PDF, um, with some, or it's like a slide deck, I don't know, five or six pages or something like that with kind of like the, the big, um, uh, like, like selling points, if you will, but but like the high, le like not the level that you would see in due diligence, but just like the high level numbers of like revenue and, and, uh, and like net profit and traffic and, and some of the key elements of the business and why, why it works and, and things like that. Um, you know, it, so, something to show potential buyers what I think of that document, it's like something to show them, give them enough information that makes it interesting, but also makes them want to actually book a call with me and, and ask me more questions about the business and get to a point where they're comfortable enough to uh, submit an offer. You know, like you, you can't expect yeah. just, just the listing page or just the asking price or just the, the name or something to be enough for a buyer to submit an offer. They're, they're going to need to, First of all, they're probably looking at many other businesses. Second of all, um, but but like you you don't want to give all the information up front. You, you want to sort of 
pull them in if if they're if they're interested in, in where this is going let's have a conversation and then and then let's uh let's get to an offer if, if there's one here nice i really like that um i guess uh another question i would have is um is there any any part of um your sales that you would do differently like now that you you've kind of you can roll back the tape and maybe like oh i wish i did that differently or any sort of um, like you know you you asked a little bit earlier about like vetting the the buyers i think there were a few like not the people who ended up buy, like buying the businesses but i did have some offers and some and some inquiries and 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 calls and like follow-ups with people who turned out to be probably less serious than than they let on um and i probably could have done more to uh to to vet them you know um not exactly sure what what I else I would have done other than asking those questions but um looking back like there there was one who who actually did make an offer um and we started down the down the road of due diligence and then they ended up backing out for some random reason midway through um uh and and like two two other people um you know they would keep coming back to me every 3 days saying like I'm I'm about to send you an offer just about to send you an offer and and then nothing but in the meantime somebody else came up came along with with a real offer so that that worked out um so yeah you know when you're going when you're going it alone and and you're in a marketplace like microacquire and and i did supplement with like other contacts that i have in the industry so i was sort of mixing conversations from different places um like you know without again like without a broker you're sort of on your own and, but that's by design, right? Like that's like, I chose to go without a broker in, intentionally um, because basically because micro acquire exists that that made the, this path a lot more viable. Um, but it is more work and, and sometimes a little bit more like, you know, just, just dealing with a lot of noise uh, before you get to, but, but, you know, that's not to say that there, there are definitely very real and serious and high quality buyers on on the network i i met a lot of them you know so um they're there it's just there there's a mix you know it's awesome well, i know we're getting to the the 30 minute mark so i i have, I have three more uh questions for you that are um questions i just like to ask um every cool. every person i i interview um well just um uh favorite um book that you may have read in the last year um I'm always terrible with these like rapid fires. Um, <laughs> the one that I'm reading recently is pretty good. Um, uh, the cold start problem. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Andrew uh, Chen. Andrew Chen, the cold start. Yep. Yeah. Um, like halfway through that, that's, it, it's really applicable to what I'm building now with, with zip message because it's like how to, how to build on a, on a network and use the freemium model and, and all that. So it's been pretty good. Nice. What's um? Who's one entrepreneur that uh, you really look up to? Uh, this guy Andrew Gazdecki, uh, pretty, pretty <laughs> impressive dude. Uh, <laughs> you um, need a better list, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I mean, I'm I'm like close friends with a with a bunch of uh, founders who who I talked to, I just hung out with a bunch of them last week. We went snowboarding and, and talking business. We do, we do that every year. Um, 
So I, I just get a lot of uh, value and, and inspiration from, from a whole group of, of close friends and advisors. And it's kind of like a mastermind group, but we, but we've been meeting up and going on these snowboard trips every year for like the last eight or nine years. Um, and that's just been super helpful. So like in general, I, I, I always recommend trying to find like a core group of, of like mastermind buddies to hang out with. Nice. Well, that's, that's pretty much all I got for you. I really appreciate you um, taking the time on this podcast and congrats on selling all the businesses. Um, when you sent me that email, I was like, are you serious? Like what? I, I got to hear this story. <laughs> um, but Brian, congrats on all, all your success, man. I'm uh, rooting for you and uh, your, your, your new company. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, um, what's the best way to to contact you? Yeah, well, um, you know, you can definitely get to me and check out the tool at, at zipmessage.com. Um, uh, I'm basically running running the support desk over there right now. So um, I, I, I feel like we should integrate that like into microquire. I feel like that would be like a perfect, like um, we can chat afterwards, but it seems totally. like a good use case in terms of like, here's the answer to your questions and then da, da, da. definitely um i mean i literally did use it in, in a lot of the conversations and it's uh it is perfect for that because it's it's easy to go back and forth with somebody who is like a, a link away like they're not within a private slack workspace or something like that like it's it's, it's easy to share with anyone so yeah happy, I, I would love to talk about that um, so yeah, zip message. I mean, you could even send me a zip message at, at zipmessage.com slash Brian. That's, that's my link. Um, and then I'm on Twitter, uh, uh, at cast jam. So, uh, well, Brian, thanks again for, uh, making the time and, uh, you hold the record. So, um, <laughs> for, for most companies, so to micro um, if that ever gets broken, um, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for having right, me cheers, cheers, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the SaaS Acquisition Stories podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure to like and follow on your preferred channel. And if you know a friend or colleague that would benefit from hearing this conversation, please share it with them. For more information on MicroAcquire and how we can help you start conversations that lead to an acquisition in just 30 days, check us out at microacquire.com. We'll see you next time.